Straight live. Straight live. Hello and welcome to episode two zero of the Restoring Human podcast. I just did two zero on the camera thinking that it was going to be right, but the cameras flipped, so it was still wrong. Anyway, welcome to the Restoring Human podcast, where we believe humans were designed to flourish. Unfortunately, many modern conveniences prevent our thriving, but through intentional lifestyle decisions, we can return to an optimal state of health. I'm your host, Jarek Bakken. I'm Dr. Alex Aguello. That was kind of funky. How? So what we see right there is what they see, and everything's flipped. I flip it later on for YouTube, but I messed that up. Two, zero. Episode 20. We made it to 20. Cool. It's like a mile marker. That's a big one. I would say. So, today, our topic comes from a comment Alex made last week where we were talking about, um, so we were talking about breast cancer, and you made a statement that we could really simply rename cancer and call it sluggish immune system. And it would be a, you know, better description of what's actually going on. Yeah, I mean, and that was definitely a generalization. And I guess I should clarify that that was that other doctor saying that. So I don't want to, like, minimize cancer and and what it exactly is. There's definitely research that still needs to be done as to what all cancer is. But we know that the immune system plays a huge part in it. Um, So from a perspective of hearing that cancer is this guaranteed death sentence um, and how you would respond to that and what you would do, um, you're going to have much better results in beating this disease or living as long with a quality of life as long as possible with that disease if you kind of looked at it from a different way of saying, well, there's a reason why this happened. Mm -hmm. I know a big reason why that happened is because something's wrong with my immune system. So now let's address the immune system. Let's try to get our immune system working better. And then see what the body does. Yeah. So the immune system obviously has a lot more to do with the body than just fighting off cancer. Mm-hmm. I think for most people, it's a very like ethereal type of thing. Like, don't really understand what's going on. I think people understand what immunity means and being able to like resist something. Mm-hmm. Um, but why don't we start with like, what is the immune system? Cause it's like, I think people understand their digestive system and the list of organs that are part of that and their nervous system. But right. the immune system's definitely different than those kind of systems that we have going on. Right. Yeah. It's pretty complex. Um, but really any sort of body system basically starts at the cellular level. So there's a certain type of cell that then makes up certain type of organs. And then those organs make up certain type of systems, right? And then those systems would make up the entire body. So there's immune system cells, like a white blood cell would be considered an immune system cell. Then there's organs that um, store those white blood cells. Things like um, the spleen is, is involved in your immune system. Something called your thymus is involved in your immune system. Bone marrow, so the stuff that's inside of our bones is involved in the immune system. Um, so kind of all of those things, right? The spleen, thymus, bone marrow, our lymph tissue, 
like our tonsils, adenoids, um, the lymph nodes that we have, um, and then of course the white blood cells that are going throughout our bloodstream, kind of in and out of the periphery of our organs and in our bloodstream. Um, those are kind of what make up the actual system um, that would, when something comes into our, into our body that is foreign, then the immune system responds. So that's kind of what the immune system is, um, you know, at a simple level and kind of why it works, why we have it. It's because our bodies are, we like we talk about amazing, um, but they're, they're also delicate. You know, if something can get inside of it that's not supposed to be there and wreak havoc, then it can cause problems and kill us. Which is how most people died, all the people that we talk about, right? The people that were kind of trying to get back to living. Um, a lot of people died because something got inside them that they, they succumbed to. So yeah, the immune system is set up in the body to defend it against stuff from the outside. So... <coughs> It's not true or false. It is not a like very linear type of system. Like digestive system. Something comes through my mouth, travels its way through step by step and exits. The immune system does not work in that way. Uh, I guess yes and no. I mean, no, it doesn't because it's there's um, something can enter our body through multiple different ways, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like it can just be this linear thing where everything comes in one um, part of our body and goes out the other, like our digestive system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if something, if we were to step on something, we need our immune system to somehow function to help us there. If we get hit in the head and open wound, something enters our um, body there we need our immune system to be working like that and there's all these different organs that are on different parts of our body that are all working together so it's not you know like you said this linear thing that's happening but just how we were developed we know most um, things that come in that we come into contact with from the outside world is through our digestive system mm-hmm. so there's a there's a <coughs> intimate relationship between our digestive system and our immune system a lot of our immune system pr- are kind of first um, level of immune system is along that digestive track. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part, I guess, would be linear. But it's no, it's not this. Uh, the same thing doesn't happen like the same thing happens with food. Sure. You know, it goes through this one track. So is another, maybe true or false, does, does all immune response like happen within the blood or I'm just trying to like get some tactile things yeah going on well here. there's um, again different levels of it so yeah there's these immune system cells that are most of the time in the blood so if something foreign gets inside of our blood we have those white blood cells that can um, come into contact with those things and they're always searching for those things finding them and killing them or kind of putting something on those, like a marker Mm -hmm. on those things so that later they can be killed, um, that type of stuff. But even like, so our skin is a form of our immune system, right? So our skin is just block, even the hair on our skin, right? As I'm rubbing my arm there and seeing hair. So hairs are are supposed to grab something that maybe potentially could get inside of us and Mm -hmm. and then it gets brushed off or, you know, somehow gets off of us. 
the skin is protecting us. Um, the lining of our gut is protecting us. Stomach acid is protecting us. All these sort of things that are just kind of there that, of course, have other functions, but it's a form of our immune system kind of keeping these um, foreign things outside of us instead of actually get into our internal system. Um, but as far as things that infect us, that get inside of us, then yeah, a lot of that's happening within the blood. The, the body is producing those immune system cells. They're going through our bloodstream, through our circulation. A lot of it's also happening in the lymph tissue. Um, so again, there's kind of this relationship between those two things. And they're always searching out for foreign things, finding them, either killing them, or again, setting them up for to be killed later. So what would, what would like a textbook definition of the immune system be? You want me to read this textbook right sure. here? Sure, I don't <laughs> do have a textbook in front of you. <laughs> uh, I'd have to open it up. Um, again, I, I don't know like a specific textbook definition of it, but again, it's the system that we have in our body that, that defends us, that keeps us, you know, so the, the circulatory system is, is meant to, the heart pumps out blood because things need oxygen, right, mm -hmm. to be able to mm -hmm. um, function properly. And then we have this respiratory system that brings in oxygen so that th then things could go through the heart and, and be pumped out. Um, so then we have our skeletal system because we need bones and joints and everything to work like that. Like the immune system's primary job is to defend us against external things, something foreign that should be out there and we don't want it in us, Yeah, to, you know, to, to defend against those sort of things. So Yeah, okay. And so that is a constant process. Like that's not just there's, you know, this flu and cold and different viruses happening at a certain time of year. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, your immune system needs to wake up and fight this thing. It's like we are daily and moment by moment, like coming into contact with things that would be harmful to this homeostasis in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so you constant like is it so true or false the immune system is constantly working absolutely okay absolutely because we're um again we are exposed to things all the time but let's say we are exposed to some specific bacteria virus you know any sort of pathogen once we've been exposed to that our immune system I mean, we'll get into the kind of the two parts of our immune system, I guess, but the primary part tries to eliminate that. But then the secondary part comes and says, okay, I'm going to remember what you're like, what, what type of bacteria, virus, mm -hmm. whatever it is. So then those cells are always going throughout our body and saying, is there any of that here? Yeah. So that I can now kill it because I know that that potentially is going to harm me long term. So it's always activated, you know, never shuts down. I mean, of course, there's times when it slows down, like we talked about with the stress response, right? Mm -hmm. These parts of it, you know, because our body only has a certain number of amount of energy. So if that energy needs to be running away or fighting back, then we don't need to fight off some bacteria. So it right. gets down-regulated occasionally, <laughs> but it's always, always activated. Yeah. Okay. So there's, there's something that we have hit on in one of the nuances of how we can kind of suffer from, you know, the immune system not being at peak performance if we're always in this fight or flight state, immune response is going to be downregulated. So that is obviously, you know, not fighting off 
these constant battles that our body needs to be doing is going to end in a bad result. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, let's just go ahead and get into that um, immune system. I guess the different parts of our immune system that I was talking about, there's this part that's called the innate immune system. Um, That's, again, always on guard, right? So anything that comes inside of our body, whether that's, again, we step on something, we get a cut, you know, we get injured, we put something in our mouth that's not supposed to be there. That's like the first level of defense. And it tries to, there's certain cells that are, um, that are within that innate immune system that actually kill things. So that's why, um, at least a part of why you could get exposed to something and I could get exposed to the same thing. You're not going to necessarily get sick and have symptoms, but I might get sick and have symptoms because your innate immune system was stronger than my innate immune system. And so then I succumb to that and actually have the expressing symptoms from Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the first line of defense. So the body's always on guard and trying to kill things, but it's not specific. It's very general. It doesn't matter what it is that's foreign. The body still tries to kill it. Then there's a second part of our immune system that's called the adaptive immune system. And that's the one that's saying, especially if that first part um, gets defeated, like something still gets past that first part. Now this is going and finding whatever bacteria or virus that is, trying to kill it itself, Mm -hmm. or again, recruiting to try to get that first part of the immune system now try again and kill it. But then it's also identifying that bacteria and saying, this is foreign. If I ever come across something like this again, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna have backup, right? I'm gonna know how to kill this thing. I'm gonna do everything I need to do to actually kill this thing. So that's kind of how immunity gets built up. Um, you know, I think that's something that people understand. Like we build up an immune immunity towards certain bacteria, viruses. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of the whole um, philosophy behind an immunization, a vaccination shot. Um, that we'll get into at some point, but they kind of give you a little bit of the virus so that your body recognizes it. And then if you were ever to get exposed to that virus, mm-hmm. the actual virus, now your body knows it's identified that prior to, to this particular situation. So it's going to have its defenses ready. So that adaptive part is something that you have to get exposure, mm-hmm. which gets gets back to that <coughs> hormesis concept that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, how something has to happen that's bad for our body, but right. then our body gets exposed and becomes stronger. Yeah. And now it can defeat that the next time easily, the next time it gets um, infected with it. So that's the adaptive part. Um, what's interesting is I, when I was in chiropractic school, we had, of course, a class on immunology. The teacher wasn't a chiropractor, um, so she didn't necessarily, like, my biggest complaint about her is she was just teaching us like it was you know, some sort of class instead of applying how chiropractic would fit into this or how we could apply the information we were learning to our patients. And she would always ask us questions and I would always try to get in like the importance of the nervous system and the importance of taking care of your spine. And she just kind of got sick of it one day (laughs) and said, she's like, you always want to bring up this nervous system stuff and how that, basically she would say like, so what needs to happen for your immune system to be strong and fight this off? And and I would always say, well, you have to have a healthy nervous system. And she would be like, that has nothing to do with your immune system. Like your nervous system doesn't apply to your immune system. The only way that you can build up your immune system is you have to get exposed to something so that your immune system 
detects it and then the next time you actually get exposed to it again it's going to be able to fight it off mm -hmm. which she is 100 percent right on that that is how part of our immune system works but again there's this whole innate part of our immune system that she must have forgot about <laughs> that then is now okay are you a healthy person right is there other <laughs> things that are happening that's kind of taking the um basically drawing the innate immune system over here so then now it's letting bacteria and viruses get past that first line of defense because now it's after toxins or it's after another bacteria or it's yeah. after you know cancer cells whatever it may be so yeah so there's just two parts um of it and uh yes we need to be exposed and i'm kind of setting up hopefully where we're going to go um with this but both of these parts have to be it's our show we can go wherever you want <laughs> They both have to be there. I guess we have to focus on both of them, right? Yeah. And it's yeah, important yeah. to understand that there's two parts, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. So what you're describing as part two, we need to be exposed to something for that to happen. And like we're exposed to all different kinds of things all the time. However, some of those more um, both more acute as well as more harmful things that have brought about things like immunizations and stuff. Are you saying that building up this first line of defense is potentially like if this is strong, that's all we need? Like that's enough? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, again, we talk about how amazing our bodies are. Our bodies were designed to fight the stuff off. Our bodies were designed to heal itself. There's always a point when the body gets overcome and can't adapt, right? Because of that, back to that stress response that we talked about, mm -hmm. there's those four different stages of stress. Sometimes it, we go right to stage four where our body can't adapt and we were to die, you know, we're dying. Mm -hmm. But if you're that first level of our immune system, that innate immune system, if that is strong, then yes, you're going to be able to fight off all of these different things that we get exposed to. But then even if we can't, if now they do get past that first level of the immune system and we get to the second level of it, our bodies, again, have backup, right? So it's not like we our main immune system failed, so now we're, just, we're going to die of this disease or get really sick. Well, no, our, our, our adaptive immune system is is there for the backup and it's now going to try to kill it again recruit identify it so if even if we do get really sick at this particular time once we come out of that now we're gonna yeah we have a titanium immune system against that thing again whatever yeah. it may be or anything like it so okay so step one how like how do we strengthen step one and how do how is like the innate immune system depleted yeah, so um, again, my professor that I just mentioned is, was 100% correct about the adaptive immune system, right? You can't really do much about that until you get exposed because that's all it's looking for is it's once, it, once something actually infects us mm -hmm. and then th that's how that particular system gets stronger. Mm -hmm. But this first level of defense is all about just are you at homeostasis, right? Are you a, mm -hmm. a healthy person? Um, internally is your body working the way that it that it's supposed to and like we always say how that happens is we give our body what it needs and we stay away from what it doesn't yeah. right so it's not necessarily like 
one specific thing like you know if you have certain level of vitamin D, then that's how you strengthen your immune system. Or if you eat a bunch of kale, that's how you strengthen your immune system. It's, are you doing the things that a human being is supposed to be doing to be healthy? If that's the case, we were created with an immune system that's strong and supposed to fight off these things. So that's the, I guess, step one of how you actually have a strong immune system. Now, to get to the second part of your question, what weakens it? Well, if you're... (laughs) If you're not eating what you're supposed to be eating, right, you are not nourishing your body. So these immune system cells, those are made out of nutrients that we eat. So they're, they're proteins, basically, so specifically proteins. But then all the reactions that need to happen um, to get there, that's what requires, you know, vitamins and minerals and other micronutrients. So we need to be sufficient in all that stuff for just things to work right in our body. Mm-hmm. So if we're not nourishing our body well, now we've, we're not giving our immune system what it actually needs to be, to be healthy. If we're not exercising, right, if we're not moving, then we're not getting, giving our body what it needs to be healthy. Our immune system, again, is part of our body, so it's going to weaken our immune system. And then we can go down the thing, right, sleep, stress. All that we already talked about stress, how if we're right. in that stress response, how it weakens. It right. pretty much shuts off our immune system. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's not like some specific thing we need to do. It's just right goes right along with what we always try to teach. If, if you are a healthy person, if you're doing, the, if you're living the way that people are supposed to live, you're going to have a strong immune system. Yeah. So, essentially, normal is your body has this system that's going to fight off bad things that you're coming in contact with. That is normal. And then, you know, every, if you're alive, you're, it means you're eating. You know, I think we can say that probably. Then it's a question of if the things that you are eating and, you know, doing on your day-to-day, you know, okay, if we're alive, we're eating, we're sleeping, we're drinking something, you know, we're doing these things that we can, like, say, hey, if, if you, you know, woke up this morning and you've got breath in your lungs and you are not like laying down and not able to move, like we can assume these things. Now, what you're doing with that stuff is either supporting or like causing bad response, essentially. Right. Yeah, I find it interesting. I mean, again, I know people want to get specific with stuff like, you know, there's all these articles you can go on different websites and say five steps to a strong immune system or mm-hmm. five steps to having a healthy heart, five steps to avoiding cancer. If you, <laughs> maybe I should just speak about myself instead of talking about other people. I, I used to do a monthly talk and I still try to do a lot of talks, but it used to be different topics, right? It was diabetes. It was heart disease. It was mm-hmm. cancer. It was leaky gut. It was all these specific things. If you actually listen to the talk, they're all the same. 80% of it was doing the exact same thing, right? Um, you know, I was trying to apply it to the specific topic, but you don't have to do anything different to prevent cancer that you would do to prevent heart disease. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything to prevent heart disease that you would do to prevent diabetes. Now, when you actually have that, right, if your body's gotten to that point, now there might be some specific things that we need to focus on short term to get you out of that. But it's, again, it's back to lifestyle choices that you're making on a day-to-day basis is going to determine whether or not you get these serious diseases 
you just kind of backtrack there, well, lifestyle choices are what's going to determine whether or not you have a strong immune system or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I mean, we again, we can talk about specific things that we know have been shown in research to boost your immune system or to suppress your immune system. But just generally, it's the lifestyle that we're trying to teach that's going to, uh, what's going to determine if somebody has a strong immune system or not. Yeah. Let me go to this question because I think this is a good spot for it. We did have one. Uh, so before, I'm, are you talking about that one? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll go there. But so to get back to the cancer thing, um, all the things that would lead to, so cancer is, again, just at a simple level, is a cell that's um, a normal cell that is now something's happening to it, so now it's acting abnormally, right? So something had to come in and attack that cell to make it go from normal to abnormal. So yes, your immune system has is part of that, right? So it's it's what hopefully defends cells from being damaged. Mm-hmm. Your immune system also, if it finds that damaged cell and it sees that cell not working the way it's supposed to, then it can kill that cell. So if you have enough cells that build up to so where you would be diagnosed with cancer, which again we mentioned is like, billions and billions of cells that have to actually happen before it can be detected on most um, medical tests Mm -hmm. for cancer. That's because, yes, you're doing something to build up those cells, but your immune system now is not finding those cells and actually killing them. Yes, potentially because you're not eating well, you're not exercising, you're not sleeping, you have stress, all of those things are are happening. Um, So just from a general um, perspective, that's most likely why your cells are abnormal. But it's also maybe you have something else that your immune system is occupied with. Yeah. Of why it's now now going trying to find these cancer cells, right? And that could be anything from an underlying infection that you have. That can be a parasite that you have. Uh-huh. That can be some sort of heavy metal toxicity that you have. That yeah. can be a biotoxin like a mold or a lime. All these things kind of occupy the immune system. So then now when cancer cells cells are developing abnormally and spreading our immune system doesn't even know it's going on or can't even even if it knows it can't go and take care of it because it it's occupied with this other thing yeah so i guess another way to say that is the immune system is limited and has limited resources and when deployed with you know things that are much more easily avoidable you know through lifestyle choices something like cancer can essentially just build in the dark. Yeah. And again, that's not like, I want to make sure people aren't um, thinking, well, you know, that's just a a natural, somebody who wants to take care of things naturally perspective. Like that's well known. Like even traditional medical oncologists would say that cancer is an immune system issue. Mm-hmm. Um their thought is that your immune system is, is suppressed, that all this stuff is built up and you've gotten to a bad spot. So then how we're going to take care of it is we're going to, like we're going to, from the outside, go in and kill everything to try to get you to a certain spot where now you don't have so much of it, right, with cutting a tumor out or burning a tumor or poisoning a tumor. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully your body can heal. But mm-hmm. we need to, of course, assist that process by getting kind of the tumor load off of you. Mm-hmm. But they would still say that it's your body that has to eventually heal and right. come back. Right. Um, so it's not like it's some 
weird perspective out here. That's that's what everybody would say about cancer. Kind of where we would differ is what let's then, what then you do with that information. Yeah, like so. Yes, maybe that is necessary where you would go in and kind of lower the tumor load with whatever traditional treatment there is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, knowing that it's your immune system that's going to eventually find these cancer cells and kill them. Let's do what we have to do to boost that up, to strengthen that, to get you to a better spot, to get your body healing and function the way it's supposed to. Um, you know, that's really the only way that you're going to survive and, and eventually thrive. Yeah. 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 Okay. Darn it, what did I do there? I don't know. There we go. Okay. So here's the question. Uh, how do I sum this up? So, listener's son, three years ago, contracted C. diff. You feel it's important to explain what that is? Because, like, I... Uh, It's just a very dangerous um, form of bacteria. Okay. So, because of that... uh, they do not give him antibiotics. Mm-hmm. I'm reading this correctly. Yeah, because C. difficile has been, um, so I think everybody understands somewhat antibiotic resistance. You know, it's, like it's getting more and more difficult to treat people with antibiotics because these bacteria are adapting to mm-hmm. what they're getting exposed to in the antibiotics, so it's they're just not working anymore. Right. C. difficile is one of the main ones that has figured out how to adapt, so antibiotics are... Um, unfortunately very unsuccessful with that particular sure so because of that when you know this time of year rolls around and things like colds and flus and like strep and other things are coming up essentially the question is like because the antibiotics are off the table, this is essentially what I'm, I'm hearing her saying. Like, what can be done to build up, you know, immunity against these things that we know? So, like, because she knows the traditional answer for X, Y, and Z is not going to be an option. I think the question is, what can happen on the front end to not be put in the situation where I got to choose between the lesser of two evils? Yeah. Um, before I address that, I, that makes me think of something I think is important to tell people. Um, so what she's asking here is, um, son had a bacterial infection that is resistant to antibiotics, so had to figure out most likely it was just a different antibiotic that they used to still treat it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main ones that they would give people, it has developed resistance to. So, you know, now there's time of year when people are exposed to a lot of stuff because it's getting colder and, and you know, lots of flus and, and colds and stuff are happening. Um, I guess what I'm hearing is somewhat of a worry. Like, what can I do to make sure that's not happening? Um, colds and flus are viruses. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's an influenza virus. There's over a hundred different strains, and then colds are most of the time a rhinovirus, what they call it. So those are two different things, right? So viruses, 
antibiotics can do nothing for those things. Right. Right. Which is interesting because the research shows that all 90% of ear infections are viruses and more than 90% of the time, if you go to the doctor, they give you an antibiotic, um, which I'll leave that alone. Um, (laughs) so that's one thing to know, like, you know, even if he gets exposed to these things, like it's, he's not going to require an antibiotic to, sure. To treat that. Sure. Um, his body again should be able to defend against that. Of course, there's some antiviral medications out there. If you need it, there's some natural things that are really good at killing viruses too, that you could do. Mm-hmm. But specifically for this, I would say figuring out, um, what led to the C. diff in the first place. Mm-hmm. So what C. diff is, um, a bacteria that most likely they found within the gut. So, there's good bacteria in the gut. There's bad bacteria in the gut. There's kind of bacteria that only becomes bad if your good bacteria gets really low. So the main thing that you would want to do is figure out how can I get the bacteria in the gut that's supposed to be there in the highest amounts possible and in the best balance possible. Mm-hmm. C. difficile, you mentioned it before that people are doing um, fecal transplants. Yeah. Right? So that's the primary thing that in in the hospital setting that they're doing fecal transplants, transplantations for is C. difficile. Because, again, they're antibiotic resistant, typically those infections. So take take somebody's healthy bacteria and give it to you. Yes. So what that does is it doesn't necessarily kill the C. difficile, but it takes away its food source because there's so many good bacteria now that are thriving and the bad bacteria like a C. difficile can't thrive anymore and eventually dies off, um, which is actually what antibiotics do. Antibiotics don't kill bacteria. What they do is they make it so that the bacteria can't replicate. So then the ones that are there don't die. They just can't They can't make themselves again, and eventually they die off because they're not continuing to be there. But unfortunately, both good and bad. Yeah, so now, yeah, an antibiotic is then going to do that to your good bacteria too, so now you can't, you're not going to make new good bacteria. Right. Um or you don't make them, you know, bacteria basically make themselves. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. So then the question at the bottom is if a different bacterial infection were, you know, if that were to happen, that, you know, it's something that could be addressed with or has, you know, antibiotic is something that makes somewhat more sense She's saying, I'm fearful of that because I understand that giving him an antibiotic for anything else is going to put him in this situation where this C. diff is, you know, essentially going to run wild. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hate to say that this is the first thing because it's not the first thing that I recommend, but it's just the first thing that's coming to my mind because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that, you know, just knowing that how most people are coming into the situation is probably on the other end of what I am. Like, I'm not even going to think about taking my kid to a doctor and, and get the, an antibiotic mm-hmm. um, until I really feel like it's necessary. Where understanding most people are like, you know, my kid is really suffering, so I need to go and get get him out of suffering. So right. there are certain antibiotics that you can do that aren't going to, that have a lesser chance of actually triggering, like she says, triggering the C. difficile. Sure. So that's kind of one 
way, you know, I guess just kind of hopefully a peace of mind, right? It's not like every antibiotic is going to trigger the C. difficile. Um, so there's potentially still some medical treatment that can be given. Sure. So I guess, yeah, I guess you kind of mentioned it there really quickly. The, the, the tone of this whole thing is she's a mom. She wants to do something right. for her son who is, you know, suffering. So I guess maybe let's hit that. Like, what can she do? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I honestly can't even remember what I've already said, so I'm just going to say what I have to say. Um, so there was something that led to the C. difficile, right? And that had to be, yes, he was exposed to it, but we're all exposed to that type of stuff. So there was something not going right in his digestive tract as far as good bacteria that allowed the C. difficile to get there and not thrive. Um, so what I would be doing is... Yes, they treated the C. difficile, which probably got rid of that particular bacteria. Um, but as you mentioned, that also probably further destroyed his good bacteria. Right. So I would be trying to work his good bacteria by fermented foods, by letting him play outside in the dirt, by letting him get around dogs who have also been outside in the dirt, by um, and then a probiotic mm-hmm. um, supplement and a prebiotic supplement. Um, or just foods, right? But sometimes with kids, it's harder to get them to eat prebiotics. Mm-hmm. Um, so the probiotics are actually populating the gut with the good bacteria. The prebiotics are what they like to eat so that they, again, um, spread and, and you have a, a healthy balance. So I would just be working on his gut health to try to get that, to try to strengthen that barrier, right? So that not only can C. difficile not get there, but other bad bacteria can't get there. Mm-hmm. That's gonna what you're gonna do to prevent any sort of bacteria infection from happening. Um, but if then, is that enough on that? Uh, I think yeah. Um, I mean, I'm tracking with you. I I forgot about the. She also mentioned celiacs. Right. So yeah, yeah. So another thing, basically, that leads to something like a celiacs is an abnormal microbiome or bad bacteria in mm-hmm. the gut. Um, not enough good bacteria in the gut. Right. So essentially what you're saying now is it's not surprising that these two things are both happening in the same person. Right. right. So trying to, um, the problem, unfortunately, again, this is medical um, philosophy is, you know, I have celiacs, which gluten is the big thing that's related to celiacs, right? So gluten, um, somebody with celiacs can't, is completely allergic to gluten, right? So they have serious symptoms if they eat gluten. Mm-hmm. So then the approach is to stop eating gluten, right? Yes, that's one thing, but let's figure out now what's going on with the gut that led to that. Mm-hmm. Um, gluten's an autoimmune disease. So there's three things that have to happen with autoimmune disease. They have to have some sort of genetic predisposition to that um, because there's different types of autoimmune disease, right? There's thyroid autoimmune diseases, there's gut autoimmune diseases, there's um, nervous system autoimmune diseases. So something had to happen with your genetics that led you to that particular autoimmune um, um, disease happening. Second thing that has to happen, though, is there has to be some sort of genetic or genetic environmental factor contributing. Um, Again, food, um, no sleep, stress, toxicity, all of those things. Your body not getting what it needs and getting too much of what it doesn't. And then the last thing has to be 
what's called intestinal permeability yep. or leaky gut is what most people know it as. So your gut, again, is that barrier. There's something that's keeping things really still outside of you, right? If it's inside your gut, it's not inside you. Right. That can open up, um, get inflamed and open up. And then now things that shouldn't be in your bloodstream get into your bloodstream and then cause an immune system reaction. So those are kind of the three things that have to happen. So if I have this diagnosis of celiacs, I need to be addressing those two things that I know I can address, right? I can address the environment. I can address my gut, can't address the genetics. Um, unfortunately, most people just say, well, let's just try to find all the gene, not most people, medical community, find, let's just find all the genes that relate it to celiac so that we could figure out how to treat it. Well, no, we have these two things that also have to happen. So let's do something about that if we can. Mm -hmm. So in addition to making sure your gut bacteria are improving, you also want to try to heal up that leaky gut, right? So, um, that's things where bone broth is extremely powerful. Um, there's amino acids in bone broth, um, that kind of heal the gut. Um, aloe vera is powerful at healing the gut just because most people know that you put aloe vera on your skin when you have a cut and it can help with that healing same type of cells in your skin or in your gut so it's also powerful for that something called glutamine which is an amino acid is really powerful um, for healing the gut there's all these different things but then to her last question there if if he were to actually get some sort of bacterial infection and he can't use antibiotics then yes there are some natural things that are um, antimicrobial. They'll kill bad bacteria. Still can kill um, good bacteria, but not as bad as yeah. you know, an antibiotic. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's where, yeah. Those are things like silver psyllin, mm -hmm. uh, or I'm sorry, colloidal silver. Silver psyllin is an actual brand that I use. <laughs> um, those are like a thieves oil. It's also antimicrobial. Um, frankincense oil, so that's where those essential oil things uh, we reference occasionally come into it. Um, those are garlic, those mm. are oregano. Mm -hmm. um, there's a ton of different things that you know we can get more specific with. And again, if this person wants more specific help, we definitely for sure. Yeah, and so and then so those those types of things then become like really going full circle here. If those are, you know, you're normally cooking with garlic and, you know, using these different oils and stuff, like, that's where, you know, part of the proactive part, you know, if you know that, yeah, there's another question up there. If you know that there's something that you really want to avoid, like incorporating some of those kind of smaller, more specific things into you know, daily rhythms that are only going to help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, so that's the next question. I mean, it has to do with what we were just talking about. Um, you know, we talked about it specifically to a gut problem happening, right? There's a bacteria that was found in the gut. Then there's a celiac problem that's also a gut. And we say gut, that's the digestive system, right? That's everything that goes along with your digestive system. Um, but even, like, if you have, if you're susceptible to, colds and flus, mm -hmm. right? Um, you have sinus infections all the time. You get ear infections all the time. Yes, that has to do with um, your innate immune system, your adaptive immune system, even has to do with good bacteria, not just in the gut, good bacteria in those areas. Mm -hmm. But that also goes back to the gut because of what we talked about. If your immune system is occupied because something's leaked outside the gut, 
Right. And now it's has to go and take care of this problem. Well, now when you get exposed to something in your ears or your sinuses, mm-hmm. immune system has become weaker. It's still going to try to fight it, but it's just not going to be as powerful as it actually could be. So, yes, if you heal the gut and bring back that barrier, it's kind of like, you know, if you were in a ba- think war times, if there's a battle. Can we reference the uh, Lord of the Rings on, this, on the show? Do it. Right? So what's the second one called? Twin Towers? Yeah. Right? So the... The men were defeating the orcs because they're in, at Helm's Deep and they had this huge um, fortress. But when did they start losing? When that fortress was destroyed, right? Sure. When that bomb happened. So now the bad guys can get in and just over, overtake the good guys. Well, that's what happens with that leaky gut, right? So if that never would have happened, then most likely the good guys would have continued to win. Yeah. Right? So if we strengthen that gut again, close it back up so it's not as leaky or leaky at all. Mm-hmm then that's going to improve your immune system because you now have got rid of what was occupying the immune system before. Yeah. Now it can actually go and take care of the normal stuff that it takes care of. Yeah, so the the baseline question is, can healing your gut improve immune function? And essentially just how are those two things related? Essentially, the stronger your gut is, the better chances your immune response is going to the most important things, essentially. So it's like, if you've got, you know, a healthy gut, and here's a great, great contextual example, Halloween next week, you know, if you've got a healthy gut, you, you know, pop some uh, candy corn. If your gut is able to respond to that how it should and not allow, you know, candy maybe candy corn is not the best example. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like, you know, whatever. You're eating something that is not going to be beneficial, has the possibility of breaking that barrier, getting something into your blood. If you've got a healthy gut and it's operating how it should and flushing that stuff out, that response is not going to happen. If you're already in a state where your gut is letting things through, yeah, for sure, then that happens. Kid next door sneezes all over your candy, boom, boom, boom. That's where we end up in yeah. sitting at home, sick, sneezing, coughing, throwing up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we talked about a lot there, but back to that other question and even this one, um, it's not necessarily that like healing your gut or, um, you know, improving your gut bacteria that that necessarily strengthens your immune system, but that takes right. like the bacteria then can take care of some stuff that so that your immune system doesn't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I guess it would right. strengthen it um, and keep you healthy again. So it doesn't. I mean, right? Not not directly like. <laughs> you know, kombucha's helping your immune system, whatever. It's how these things are all interconnected. Yeah. So it's helping your immune system. It's just not pr- improving your actual immune system necessarily. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Which maybe doesn't matter. You know, people just want to know how to not get sick. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I didn't even think about covering, which I don't want to open up this can of worms at this point, but the like you mentioned it a number of times, autoimmunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we should just tease that and 
anticipate talking about that because that's I feel like that's a whole yeah I can um, again very little if any um, evidence of autoimmune disease happening in thousands of years ago when we think about these people uh-huh. that were trying to kind of get back to living that sort of lifestyle it's just something that's been new that's that's happened and reason being is because our immune system was designed to um, detect and uh, kill take care of anything that's foreign well there's so many more new foreign things that come inside of our body um, so that's what, again what causes that leakiness and then it gets out into our bloodstream so there's a they haven't really figured out exactly why autoimmune disease happens or kind of the um, what I want to say that the mode that it happens or the mechanism, I guess is what I'm trying to say, Mm -hmm. but they think it's something called molecular mimicry. So like when our immune system, that second part of the immune system, the adaptive immune system, when it finds something that's foreign, let's say a bacteria, it, uh, it kind of memorizes the molecular structure of that bacteria. Well, then, like I said, it's always going throughout your body and looking for things like that because they know that that's bad. Well, it can see something like on your thyroid cells that are similar to that particular bacteria. And then it says, oh, that's foreign. I'm going to attack it. And then now your immune system is actually attacking your own body, which is autoimmune. Um, So really the only time that that used to happen is when somebody would, like, get a liver transplant, right? So then they would get a new liver, and the body would say, hey, that's not my my cells, so I'm going to attack it, which is why they have to take immunosuppressive drugs. Well, now that's actually happening um, to many, many millions of people. Yeah. Autoimmune disease is it's going crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, we can t- talk about how to, you know, more about why that happens, but specifically what you can do. Yeah. Cool. To address it. We'll, uh, we'll discuss on our end the uh, sequence of where that's going to fall, possibly next week, possibly in the next few weeks. But <laughs> as for now, that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Okay. Um, thank you to our uh, listeners who submitted the questions that like yeah, that was half of our show addressing those yeah, questions so yeah and like this is do. free free help folks specific help if you just just use your fingers type away let us know what you want to know and you're going to get a very tailored answer and i think i'm like i'm going to go out on a limb and say most people are going to benefit from us answering those super specific questions all the people that were scared to ask the question. Yeah, dang it. Benefited. Don't be scared. Okay. Thank you. Catch you next week. Later.